Hi, thanks for joining me today. I'm your host, Howard Unger, and The Pharmacist is in. Hello, everyone, and thanks for listening. I hope everybody is doing well. Last week, we spoke about uh, NSAIDs, or what we call non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. These are the ibuprofen and naprosins of the world. There are, of course, other medications in that class, but we call them the NSAIDs because they are not steroids. And we talked about inflammation. This week, we're going to be talking about a very powerful group of medications called steroids. But I'd like to first go over what inflammation is again, kind of a quick description, so that uh, for those that are just coming into this particular episode, know what we're talking about. Inflammation uh, is a process really caused by irritation. Inflammation can be caused by viruses. It can be caused by bacteria. It could be caused by your own body turning against itself. Inflammation is mediated, really, or the main player in inflammation is our immune system. And our immune system is very important because it's the system that fights off disease and helps in repairing areas that are damaged. Now, what kind of inflammation is there? Well, we have internal inflammation, for example. We have rheumatoid arthritis. This is where our own immune system creates a a kind of goes wrong. It kind of starts to affect and attack our own body. Rheumatoid arthritis, idiopathic bowel disease, IBD, ulcerative colitis, a number of different types of diseases where our own immune system turns and attacks our tissue. There are other effects that the immune system uh, has in terms of inflammation, and those are external. So if we have some type of trauma, if we cut ourselves, if we get a splinter, something that where what occurs is external to us, external environment. So both inflammation can be internal and it can be external. And what occurs is the immune system is notified of an injury. And the immune system then increases blood flow to that area, which is why it turns red and very warm. Also, the blood vessels in that area get kind of leaky, and that's supposed to happen. What will occur is they'll let fluid go around the area. You see a little puffiness around an area of inflammation. That's really protective. It kind of pads the area so that there's no trauma, no further trauma to that area. Also, because it gets kind of leaky, A lot of the immune cells that protect us, that fight the bacteria or any of the viruses, leak out into the area, fighting them, preventing them from spreading, as well as there are cells that kind of clean up the area. They take away the damaged tissue, the dead bacteria or viruses, and clean it up so that normal process of healing occurs. So what I've just given you is a very brief and simplified explanation of inflammation and how the immune system is the main player in dealing and working with areas of the body that are infected and therefore inflamed. So let's talk about steroids. And we're going to be talking about a specific class of steroids. But before I do, let me talk about the steroids that many of us have heard in the newspaper, on TV, about steroids that are performance enhancers, that build muscle, and unfortunately are abused. These are not the steroids we take for inflammation. 
those steroids are called anabolic steroids. Now, it's not important that you really know the name, but you need to know that there's a separation between the two different types of steroids that we'll be talking about and that the steroids we're going to be talking about are specifically for inflammation. The anabolic steroids are unfortunately abused by individuals who are, for example, in sports, weightlifters, and they have very dangerous consequences. Being abused and used, they can affect the cardiovascular system, the heart, they can affect the liver, many different organ systems, and they can damage them severely to the point where individuals have died. The steroids that we're talking about are called corticosteroids. Now, again, that's a big word. You don't really need to uh, know it, but those are steroids in a totally different class, and I don't want them to be confused with the steroids that are being abused. Totally different. And when we talk about corticosteroids, we just talk about steroids, okay? We just name it, these are the steroids. We don't talk about those abused steroids. The man-made steroids that we use as medications resemble those of, st those of the chemical cortisol in our body. Cortisol is a steroid, and it's made by two glands that sit on top of the kidneys. Again, this is a little bit of anatomy, but that's what we take in. That's the steroids that we take that are man-made that resemble the natural chemical steroid in the body. So when we take higher doses of this man-made chemical that resembles cortisol, which is the steroid, or we call it a hormone in the body, we get a very big effect that the steroids have because our dosing is much higher than what is naturally available within the body. And how it works is it works on the immune system. It's able to control the immune system in a way that we get a decrease in inflammation. So in the case of internal inflammation, such as with rheumatoid arthritis, the steroids reduce the immune system's effect, which is causing that redness, inflammation, which causes pain. The steroids reduce that effect by the immune system. They are kind of counter to the immune system. And many times we use steroids like this for patients, for example, who have organ transplants because the immune system could reject, could cause rejection of that organ. So we give steroids to reduce the immune system's effect on that new tissue that that person received. In asthma, for example, where there's an inflammation, a chronic inflammation of the airways, steroids basically reduce that inflammatory response or action by the immune system. So hopefully will decrease the inflammation and will help heal that area or reduce the damage done to the tissue in that area. But it also has a negative effect in that you would not want to give this to a person who, for example, is having a bacterial infection because it's then the immune system is fighting that bacterial infection. A bit complex to understand, but knowing it that it's both used for chronic as well as acute inflammation by reducing the immune's response, the immune system's response to that area 
and therefore reducing the inflammatory response or the pain, the swelling, the redness, the um, puffiness uh, to that specific area. So at this point, let me just do a, a quick review of what I've just said, that the immune system is responsible for inflammation and that the immune system causes increased blood flow to the area that's been damaged, whether it be from an external cause, cause or an internal cause. By it increases blood flow, the area gets usually red, warm, pain occurs. There's an increase in liquid or fluid that surrounds the damaged area to protect it. It also has immune system cells that come in and fight whether the bacteria or a virus. It also has cells that come and clean up the area to remove the dead tissue uh, and dead organisms, the bacteria or virus, from the area so normal healing can occur. There are two types of steroids. One type is called anabolic steroids. These are not the steroids we're talking about. These are the steroids that unfortunately are abused by uh, a number of um, individuals and uh, can have dire effects on multi-organ systems, the heart, the cardiovascular system, the renal system, the liver system or hepatic system. Those are, the, those are the steroids that we are not talking about. We're talking about the steroids that are man-made and resemble the normal hormone, cortisol, that is produced and put into the body by two glands that sit on top of the kidneys. They affect the immune system by reducing the inflammation, the pain, the redness, the heat, and potentially damage to surrounding tissues. And they're used in many types of chronic conditions uh, and what we call autoimmune diseases, where the body actually turns itself against itself. Steroids are used in patients who have received organ transplants. Because it is an organ from another person, the worry is that the immune system will not recognize that organ and its chemical components and will start to attack it. The steroids counter the immune system and reduce that effect and hopefully prevent rejection of that organ. So how are steroids given? Uh, you can take it orally. Or you can take it, for example, by a metered dose inhaler, what we call MDIs, for example, in treatments of asthma and COPD. It can be given in the form of eye drops, topically, and by injection. So there are a number of different routes that steroids can be taken. And probably the most common that we see out of the hospital is usually by a oral or topical or inhaler. Those are the three main routes that you're probably going to see in the pharmacy and that are dispensed. Obviously, all of these medications are dispensed by prescription only, with the exception of very low-dose topical uh, steroids, such as hydrocortisone cream that you can get at a very low dose that you use topically. Injection is usually only done under the supervision by a healthcare professional, or actually within an office or in the hospital. Let's start off with the oral preparations first. That's by tablet. It can be by liquid syrup. First and foremost, very important that you follow the directions that your healthcare provider gave you in taking these medications. These are very 
potent medications. So it's real important that you take them accordingly to how the prescriber wants you to take them. And usually, you want to take the medication right after a meal. Steroids have the ability to aggravate, uh, to cause ulcers, and to potentially aggravate ulcers, gastrointestinal ulcers. So if you have a gastrointestinal ulcer in the past or currently being treated, obviously your healthcare provider needs to know that you have had that and there may be other medications you may need to take when taking the uh, steroid. One of the most important questions that usually is presented to pharmacists is what happens if I miss a dose on my steroid, whether it again be a tablet or a liquid? If you find out that you, if you remember that you've just missed a dose and it's close enough to the time you could take the dose or you should have taken the dose, it's okay to take the dose even though it may be a bit later, but it's still close to the time that you should have taken it. However, if you miss the dose and you come up to another time to take another dose, do not, do not double up on the dose thinking that, well, I missed one, so let me take two of them at the same time when I should only be taking one. So I double up on the dose. Do not double up on the dose. Just continue going on the normal schedule, on the normal drug schedule as uh, prescribed by the um, as dis- as prescribed by the doctor or the healthcare professional. Another important point is that you're on the medication, you're on a regimen, do not stop the regimen. Unless for some reason the healthcare provider tells you to, do not stop taking the medication. It's important because there are major issues if you should stop taking that medication suddenly. So let's talk about some of the side effects that you will have with taking oral steroids. And um, if you find that you... If you're taking the medication for, oh, two or three weeks, uh, the side effects shouldn't be that great. You may not even see any of the side effects. Uh, But if you're taking it for any longer period of time, you may start experiencing some of them. Some of them can be like, for example, indigestion or heartburn. This is one of the reasons why we say take it right after a meal or with some kind of food in your stomach. You'll find, for example, an increase in appetite, difficulty sleeping high blood sugar. So if you're diabetic, it's important that all the healthcare providers that you go to know that you're on a steroid can potentially cause higher blood pressure. There is chances of glaucoma and cataracts when taking long-term steroids. There are also on long-term steroid uh, osteoporosis. Uh, The healthcare professional, if you're on long-term steroids, will continually want to have some type of testing bone density testing to make sure that you don't have or don't get an increase in osteoporosis. And there are certain behavioral aspects to steroids, for example, depression. Make sure you contact your healthcare provider and letting them know that you're having these problems. They will then reevaluate the therapy. So let's talk a little bit about some of the drug and food interactions you may have with steroids. First, when you're on a steroid, you want to make sure that your vaccinations are all up to date. You don't want to receive, for example, a live vaccine while on a steroid because your immune system is compromised. Now, one of the key points, and this is a um, discussion I had earlier in one of my episodes concerning over-the-counter products, 
Dealing with herbs, that's that's a, a questionable point. The herbs that you find that are sold in, in health food stores and possibly pharmacies, they may have an interaction when you're on a steroid. And because we aren't sure what actually is in the herbs or the herbal supplements that you're taking, because they haven't been looked at by the FDA and tested for quality and purity, there is always an inherent risk of taking herbal products. Another item you shouldn't be taking when taking steroids, especially oral steroids, licorice or licorice-containing products. Question of alcohol, can I drink when I'm on a stero- uh, when I'm steroids? Alcohol doesn't directly affect the steroid, but alcohol is an irritant. Obviously, depending upon who you are, moderation would be the way to go with that of alcohol. So let's now talk about some of the inhaled steroids that are commonly used. They come in metered dose inhalers, and they're by prescription only. And they're used for treatment, for example, of asthma, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, emphysema, where the pulmonary passageways, the air passageways, are inflamed. The steroids counteract the immune system, reduce the inflammation, reduce the damage to the specific areas of the tissues. Uh, of the air passages. With the um, inhaled steroids, obviously, again, it's very important that you use the directions or you follow the directions by the uh, prescribed by the healthcare professional. Also, if you miss a dose, follow the same regimen or the same advice I gave for oral steroids. If the dose was missed and it's close enough to the time when you should have taken the dose, go ahead, take the dose. If, however, it's near the time that you have to take a second dose. Don't double up on any of the doses. With the um, inhaled steroids, just a quick note. It's really important that you do use good technique when using a metered dose inhaler. That's something that respiratory therapists teach very well. There are a number of YouTube videos that show the proper way to use a metered dose inhaler. So... To use a metered dose inhaler effectively, take a look at those uh, movies, those videos, and see if you can get a respiratory therapist to teach you how to use them. Now, with inhaled steroids, there are a number of side effects that you can generally consider because of their route of administration. Uh, For example, sores in the mouth can occur, hoarse, a hoarse throat, that of maybe even a cough. Uh, there is what is known as um, a condition called oral thrush, where there's a bit of a, a fungal infection in the mouth, and uh, you have to take medication to treat that. Possibly some nosebleeds. These are com- these are some of the more common side effects. Not saying that you would get them, but these are some of the more common side effects that you get with inhaled steroids. To counter some of these side effects, again. Make sure that you use the the metered dose inhaler properly, that you've been properly instructed on how to use it, uh, that you follow the guidelines or the directions by the prescriber, that when you use a metered dose inhaler after you use it, you need to wash your mouth out with a little water so that the residual medication is not within your mouth area. So wash your mouth out with a little bit of water to get get rid of any excess steroid or medication that stays in your mouth. Many times, metered dose inhalers come with what we call a spacer, and it fits on the end of the 
metered dose inhaler where your mouth goes and extends it a little bit. This is a very important part of a metered dose inhaler and unfortunately, probably the least used. This again is using a metered dose inhaler with proper technique. I really suggest you definitely look at some of the YouTube videos or ask your healthcare provider to either instruct you on how to properly use a metered dose inhaler, or if you can, get a respiratory therapist to teach you how to use them. It's been shown respiratory therapists are the best instructors when it comes to using metered dose inhalers. And with like all other steroids, uh, with food and drug interactions, usually there's no problem with taking any alcohol. Uh, however, with herbal remedies and herbal uh, supplements, again, that's something I would advise not to do since we aren't really sure the quality and impurity of the uh, herbal product. Uh, there could be potential interactions with that. There are steroids that come in the formulation of nasal sprays. And without repeating myself, all of the warnings and concerns and dosing regimens and following them uh, hold true to this. With the nasal sprays, there can be a burning sensation, irritated throat, because as you spray it, it could, some of it could come down the throat area, sometimes a very unpleasant taste in the mouth, itchiness, redness, and swelling of the nose, some nosebleeds. These are some of the common side effects with steroids that are used as nasal sprays. Now, topical steroids there are over-the-counter topical steroids, and they're over-the-counter because of the dosage. Hydrocortisone is a common over-the-counter steroid used to treat some minor rashes, irritations. The prescription formulations are far more stronger, and it's really important that you follow the directions with topical steroids as well as with any other steroid in how to apply it, how many times to apply it, the area you apply it to. First, you don't want to use too much of the steroid on the area that you're applying. It should only be on that area and not surrounding area. You don't want to kind of paint this stuff on that, uh, on that area. Using it sparingly on the area that is affected by the irritation. You never want to use it on any area that has open cuts or sores liquid that may be coming out of that area. You don't want to mix it with it and use the steroid cream over and covering it. Uh, using it too often, one of the side effects is skin thinning, and you don't want to do that. You don't want to continually use it. You have a day, you have a certain amount of regimen therapy, how many days you use it, how many days you apply it. Don't continuously use it unless you contact your healthcare provider. But again, key is following the directions, not overusing it, making sure you apply it to the affected area only, wash and washing your hands after you apply it so that you don't touch somebody with it uh, and transfer the medication to them, making sure that you never apply it on any open wounds or weeping wounds, and um, not applying it too often or going further beyond the therapeutic range or therapeutic duration. Uh, if you apply it for 10 days, don't go beyond the 10 days unless you have uh, your healthcare provider's permission. You don't want to have skin thinning, which can result by overuse of a topical steroid in a particular area. So I hope that you understand now the use of steroids, 
how to use them, when to use them, some of the side effects. They are very potent medications, so you have to make sure that you're following the directions, that you're not overusing them, that you're not, if you have any questions concerning uh, missed dose and you still need, you have questions about it, please contact your pharmacist or your uh, healthcare provider. And key is do not stop the medication suddenly. Well, thank you very much for listening. Looking forward to our next episode. So take care, be well, and be medication smart. This has been the Pharmacist is In podcast hosted by Howard Unger. If you like what you heard, please click on the subscribe button. And if you feel so, leave comments in the star rating below. It really helps the podcast in gaining greater exposure to larger audiences. And why not? This is important information. I would like to mention I have no affiliation with any pharmaceutical company or medical institution, nor do I represent any product, product line, or corporate pharmacy entities. Please remember that this podcast is not a substitute for your healthcare provider. If you should have any questions concerning diagnosis or treatment, contact your trusted healthcare provider. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you'll join me next week for the Pharmacist is In podcast. Remember, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay medication smart.